Hello and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I'm your host, Ellie Hope Herringshaw, and I'm glad you're here today. It's on this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways that we step into healing because Jesus has already extended healing to us, and sometimes it's our job to reach out and receive that for ourselves. We're continuing our series on family dynamics, and today I'm going to be talking with Ashley Puller, and her parents went through a divorce. She talks about this in, in the context of her own marriage and how it's actually strengthened her marriage. I'm so glad you're here. Me too. <laughs> Someday when this quarantine is over or whatever is happening in the world, <laughs> maybe we'll have <laughs> real coffee together sometime. That would be amazing. <laughs> it would be so nice. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on this podcast because it's this was, like I said, an answer to prayer that you're here. And I'm just really excited that you came to me with your willingness and availability and openness to say, I have a story, I have mm-hmm. a perspective, and I yeah. want to share. So thank you so much for being here, Ashley. You're so welcome. It's an honor. So let's dive into it. I want to hear yeah. your story. I want to hear your yeah. heart. So I want to hear. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, I uh, got married when I was 21. Um, kind of in the very beginning stages of my parents' marriage falling apart. Um, the same week that I got engaged to my husband, um, there was a very big and kind of devastating revelation that came out about um, one of my parents. And so it it really jarred our whole family. And it kind of, it it was interesting timing because... I was just about to leave and cleave and it motivated me so much all the more to um, cleave to my husband and to Mm. want to make my own family because I'd just been so hurt by my family of origin. Um, And yeah, it was, so it was interesting timing in that I was very close to both my parents and I imagine that it would have been a lot more difficult to kind of have given up my like daughterhood as my primary identity Mm. versus um, being a wife, which was not your primary identity, but um, you know, a huge part of who I was. And so it, it really propelled me to pursue um, marital preparedness in those nine months. And, um, and yeah, and it also, um, looking back was, it bred a little bit of fear of like, I have something to run away from all of a sudden. And I have mm. this sudden, like temptation to believe that after decades of marriage, you can still be extremely surprised and the rug can be pulled out from under you. Um, and so you know, very early, we we continued our engagement, and we ended up getting married, of course. And um, yeah, that like first year of marriage was really interesting, because I felt like I was more so once I was married, and in that secure relationship, I suddenly became like the fixer of my parents marriage thinking like, okay, I need to make sure that I always have this foundation of like a family that's together. And so now that I have the safety of my own, I'm going to try to rescue everybody else and try to bring them into what I know can be healthy and good. From having no experience in marriage, yeah. all of a sudden feeling like, oh, but like, you know, we're setting our foundation in the Lord. And so I can some, like, I just really believed that there was something that I could offer them. Yeah. <clears throat> and I believe that I did offer them a lot while they tried to sort through um, their marriage crisis for several years, but, 
um, it was extremely hard to balance the the new marriage and my parents and kind of being able to separate like what was mine to hold and what was not and how can I continue to be a wife and continue to carry the threat of feeling like I wasn't going to be a daughter somehow anymore or yeah, yeah it was just it was just kind of a, a there was a fear-driven motivation yeah. and also like just the godly motivation of like you can give to your parents and your family. Yeah, totally. And, and there's, there's, yeah, it's a love too, yeah. that you love them and you have, you have the answer, which is Jesus. Cause I believe mm-hmm. fully that Jesus wants to bring redemption to every broken thing, period, yeah. including yeah. marriages. Yeah. And so when you have that answer and mm-hmm. you know, your, your parents very well may have known that answer, but we're still broken and we still have to walk that out. Mm -hmm. And so it totally makes sense that you, you want to bring that to them and you want to show them that out of love, especially after living that in a sense for, Mm -hmm. even if it was a short amount of time with you and your Mm -hmm. husband. Yeah. So I'd love to hear what that was like after, how was that perceived or, or received by your parents? I, it was received very well. Um, I think my parents, um, for several years had already had the, um, the kind of relationship with me where kind of was a little bit more of a counselor at times in my like teenage years and, um, to your parents or just in general, my parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was very close to both my mom and my dad. Like I would say I'm a mama's girl and a daddy's girl. Yeah. (laughs) I'm an only daughter. (laughs) I'm an only daughter with, with brothers. And so, um, yeah, I just, it, I'm learning now that it, um, my relationship with my parents as like a counselor and someone that they could go to as a confidant really like it validated something in me that probably wasn't ready to be validated about Mm -hmm. being like an adult and independent and, um, you know, just, yeah, kind of believing that I was needed and that really gave me like purpose in life was, you know, that role of, um, just being such a helper. Um, yeah. Or like somehow like meeting them in yeah. like a peer level. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. My mom and I were, you know, I would say probably best friends when I was in high school. Um, and so, you know, then going into merit, like finally having my own marriage at a young age, um, and trying to hold them together. It, it wasn't unnatural at all. Yeah. And, um, they both leaned on me, um, quite a bit. And, you know, it could have been my perception too of them needing me. And it could have, you know, again, like I said, been validating things for me that weren't necessarily healthy, but the truth is I did have wholeness and I did have, um, answers and wisdom and I had the Lord's heart for them so much, um, to just want to just wrap them up in like the goodness and mercy of Jesus and to just continue to remind them of what their identities were. And, um, yeah. And even just reminding them of the truth of he loves you. She loves you. Like this is mendable and just keeping, I felt like I kept keeping the other in front of the other, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, totally. Like I just kept holding this space of like, we're a family, we're together, like we're going to get through this. And this is, um, this is what Jesus purchased for us. And yeah. so, um, I very much like 
yeah, just carried a, a spirit of redemption um, towards that situation. And, and they received it really well in those moments. But what was devastating for me is that it felt like it was really just moments. And so mm. ultimately their, you know, their hearts didn't align back into um, the truth of yeah. you know, who the other was in front of the Lord. And so um, having to accept that um, forgiveness wasn't going to take place in this relationship was yeah. so hard for me because I know how much the Lord fought and what he paid for for our forgiveness yeah. so that we could yeah. receive it from him and then give it to one another. And so while I felt like I could forgive my parents so easily for what they had done to one another, it, it took a different level of understanding to see that it was so much harder for them and that I, yeah. I couldn't forgive the, I couldn't forgive them for each other. And so I think I was right. kind of trying to substitute like, you know, my understanding of forgiveness for, theirs and they just unfortunately didn't get there and so like I said that was it was really devastating to come to that understanding that I couldn't do it I couldn't yeah force yeah, that revelation it on wasn't them. yeah and that wasn't your job to do it yeah and that's I mean that that's the thing you know d marriage takes two willing parties yeah and we are supposed to do marriage in the context of community I fully believe mm -hmm. that and mm -hmm. and bring other people in so that they can speak into our marriages and into our lives yeah. to say, this is who you are. You made these vows. You made these commitments. I mean, you weren't there, I don't think, for, for their <laughs> no. marriage or for their vows. Um, but you were able to hold them to that, which is a beautiful yeah. thing. Um, maybe a little, you know, at sometimes maybe like mm -hmm. crossing some boundaries there mm -hmm. a little bit. But um, mm -hmm. but we need that as yeah. as married people. And that I I I mean I'll I'll I'm getting, I'm getting on a little bit of a tangent with that, <laughs> it's, it's but I don't believe that. Yeah. Um, but I love what you said that, that you couldn't do it for them. And I think that's interesting because some people have a harder time forgiving. They, they, it's the opposite mm -hmm. <laughs> from, from your perspective of forgiveness. Some people, mm -hmm. when they, when they know that someone has been hurt, they have a harder mm -hmm. time forgiving on behalf of that person, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think um, something that helped facilitate my forgiveness for them was that I couldn't agree with the way, like, I think sometimes when someone witnesses a loved one get hurt by another loved one, yeah. it, it can often confirm ways that they've also been hurt by that person. And because I had such a good relationship with each of my parents, the way that they hurt each other was so unfamiliar to the way that I received both of them as individuals mm. that it was so easy for me to separate that this wasn't who they were. And I could, yeah. because of my, like I said, being a mommy and a daddy's girl, it was yeah. like, I totally, like, they are so capable of love because they've loved me so well. And they're so capable okay. of being understanding yeah. and compassionate people because they've shown that to me. And yeah. so almost like, they could do this for each other if they can do it for me. Right. Right. So right. I, I can never say I would have made the same decisions as they had because I really wasn't them. And mm -hmm. it's so complicated. Yeah. It is so complicated. complicated. I just think it's so interesting too, that you, this all happened while you were preparing for your own marriage and then mm -hmm. entering into marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that is really complicated yeah. to, to then develop 
and try to figure out what a covenant really means for you right? and what it means for your husband. So I'd love right. for you to talk about that, how, how your parents' marriage and the kind of the, the breakdown of their marriage affected mm-hmm. you and your husband and your guys' mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah, I would say the easiest and most obvious damage is simply the the time that I took away from my marriage to fight for theirs. Um, and just kind of very quickly entering into a little bit of a passivity and just this belief that like my husband's always going to be there for me. So I don't need to like invest in that right now because I just felt so secure in that. And so there was probably a year or two of just, you know, not, not fully engaging in, in, Mm. in our relationship and the way that I should have as a very newlywed person and someone in their young twenties. Um, and then in the second way, I would say, um, you know, when something devastating happens in your life, it's, it's such an opportunity for the enemy to whisper little lies and, um, not being fully aware of of the voice that I was listening to all of the time in the midst of this, I think, um, yeah, there was just whispers of, this could happen to you. Um, so be careful or like this could like things are good now, but like, just wait Mm -hmm. or, um, that's the voice of cynicism. Yeah. So I know it's like later down the line, just wait. Yeah. 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 So kind of believing that, like, even though I trusted my husband fully that like even good people can mess up. And so it was kind of like, in a way it was, I very much put on like self-protection of like, okay, so if this happened to my mom and my dad, then I could, I could be this person too. And so kind of, how do I protect my heart? And so, like I said, I wasn't always fully engaging in like growing our marital intimacy because I was so, I was such a witness to the tearing apart of my parents that um, I just kind of realized what it cost to, you know, give for in my parents' case, 30 years and then have something really yeah. serious go wrong. And so, um, yeah, I think it affected me by putting on self-protection and just believing that, um, that I could be totally blindsided. And so, um, like I said, I, I did totally trust my husband, but there was also like this sense of like, you could be so naive though, Ashley. You yeah. know, just that little yeah. whisper, like, but you could be so naive. Like you don't yeah. even know. Like so and so you so mm-hmm. those things were coming up in your mind. And what did yeah. you do practically to mm-hmm. counteract those or yeah. or because we can't just push them aside if they're there. Right. We have to replace them with truth. And sometimes yes. we don't even those those thoughts will come in mm-hmm. and we can't even we, we don't even know that they're lies. We don't even know that right. they're the enemy. Yeah. So the first step is really recognizing. Yeah. Yeah. The first step is recognizing that those are lies from the enemy and not the Lord, (laughs) not the kind of things that we need. Super important to discern. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, those were based in your experience too. Mm -hmm. Though those, when those thoughts come up, you know, it can actually push us to say, okay, no, I am going to press into intimacy with this person. I'm going to press into intimacy with my husband because I don't want that to happen. (laughs) You know, like, like it did happen in your family's relationship Mm -hmm. and in, in your parents. So it could actually, those things can actually push us to, Mm -hmm. to focus on truth and, and actually bring us to intimacy if we, if we activate it right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would say once I started to realize 
you know, the voice that I'd been entertaining, it definitely caused me to want to run to my husband and say, that's awesome. Okay. So we haven't had, you know, like you haven't hurt me. You haven't done anything to like actually erode my trust. And so when I hear and have this thought of, but what if that happened? I want to talk to you about it now. Yeah. And so yeah. it, it started to, it was a slow, like grow or slow, um, momentum build of, I am actually not going to tolerate like any level of, um, of disconnection in my marriage. And so good. Um, the moment that I start to feel like we aren't on the same page or we're not united. Um, yeah. If I'm, if I'm choosing to believe something about my husband that I haven't heard from him is true, yeah. then, then I'm giving the enemy um, ground in my marriage and I don't want him to have that at all. And so, um, it's really built me into quite a warrior, I think for like what, what I'll tolerate for, um, disconnection. And so like, I remember before I was married, I was given the advice, like you should have one small argument every day so that you don't have like huge, big arguments, you know, several times a year that feel like these blowouts. And so that's really, um, I've never heard that one. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, I didn't see my parents have any conflict almost ever in my my childhood. And so have it, I was like, I didn't actually know how to have a small argument because I've only seen the big blowout, like, oh my gosh, this, this is going to happen as a result of, you know, this fight and it's devastating. And so now I, yeah, I'm learning still, I'm still walking in you know, growing in this area of just being comfortable with like having a little bit of tension and saying, okay, yep, let's use this tension that we're feeling to motivate us to better understand one another. And so I can honestly say that there's not a single like argument that I regret having because it has brought us closer or, you know, when you feel that disagreement coming on, it's like, okay, let's press into this because I'm going to understand you so much more after this, because if I have this if I have this, you know, fight in my head with you, I don't actually get closer to you or understand you better. Yeah. It just creates dissonance. And I'm probably going to be right at the end of it because it wasn't a fair fight because you yes. weren't actually there, you know? So, right. um, <laughs> cause if it all happens up here and you're not actually yeah. like verbalizing these things. Yes. Yes. So, um, that is such a good point. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, try to just have like healthy levels of just sorting out tension. Right. Right. And not being so afraid of it. It's not scary. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard combining your life with another individual who had a totally different background than you sees things differently than you. Yeah. And what an opportunity to grow and rich understanding of like what the human experience is that I get to see it through the lens of somebody else other than my own. So it's crazy. um, Yeah. And then you, and you take those two experiences and you put them into creating your own family, which Mm -hmm. you have done. You have two kids, right? Yes. So I want to, I'd love to chat just a little bit about how, how this has, you know, it it is obviously shaped the way that you view marriage Mm -hmm. in, um, and it could shape it in a bad way of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, of like, wow, this is really unhealthy. And I thought it was great in the way that my parents were, you know, they had this marriage that I never saw them fight. And Mm -hmm. It was probably great, but then it, you know, broke down and is awful. Yeah. Yep. You're still married. Praise God. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I am like 
because, because these things really can shape us. And I've talked mm-hmm. with many people that are like, my parents have gotten divorced. I just, you know, I haven't seen it work. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. So yeah. Yeah. I'm first of all, I'm impressed by that. Second of all, you have this opportunity now to like, even like have disagreements, have those little tiffs in front of your kids and model yep. good conflict resolution. How has your, your, your family of origin in terms mm-hmm. of your, in terms of your kids, how has that affected or in terms of okay. your parents, how has that affected the way you parent? Like in, in terms of conflict, um, something that John and I try to do is to resolve our argument as much as possible in front of the kids or like, you know, if there's, if it's not an argument, you know, we're not like verbally disagreeing. It's yeah. just like, you know, tension or like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Or, you know, yep. you came home in this kind of weird attitude. And so we're not being affectionate. And um, I think realizing that because my kids are so young, like they, they aren't yeah. listening for the words that we're using towards each other necessarily, mm-hmm. or like, you know, that we're coming to some sort of resolution, but how they feel is so important. Right now, I think what's important for us to do is to just model like, even when it doesn't feel natural, like they need to see us like hug and kiss yeah. when he comes home. And like that creates so much security. Cause I remember how much security that brought me to have my dad come home from work and they were affectionate immediately. Yeah. And so realizing that that was a huge part of the security I had growing up, just thinking, okay, I need to model that to my kids too, because mm-hmm. if they know that mommy and daddy love each other, then they're not going to be worried about whether mommy and daddy love them. Yeah. Um, so that's a piece. And then um, I think another thing that I'm, I can glean actually from something that my parents did well is like taking time to get away with my spouse and to mm-hmm. just show our kids that like, yeah, we're going to go on date nights and, you know, we're going to go and do things together without them so that we can, you know, feel refreshed and happy. And, um, yeah, just to continue to love parenting. Um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm not a parent, but I, I think that's a good thing. (laughs) It is a very good thing. Yeah. And it's, it's very essential. And so I don't, I don't want to be the kind of parent who is, you know, like sacrificing time with their spouse in order to be at their child's side constantly, because I don't want to create a dependency with my children that, that they can't be away from me or that, that they can't understand that actually the primary relationship in our family is my parents' marriage and it's not my parents' connection with me. And so, um, yeah, prioritizing and watching them, them watch me prioritize my yeah, relationship. That's so that's so awesome. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about boundaries because you did, yes. you did mention with your parents' relationship and how, you know, you were a little bit of a counselor, um, mm-hmm. in high school and, and, you know, you're, you had a great relationship with them. It was a very, mm-hmm. it sounds like it was a very close relationship, which is yeah. great, but there came a moment where that maybe became, it sounds like that maybe yeah. became a little um, not healthy. Yeah. So I'd love, I'd love to talk about what, how, how you've decided to build those boundaries now. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've never really written out a list of, of the way that I do relationship with, um, you know, with my parents. So it doesn't feel super concrete, but I think because I can be pretty, I'm a very self-aware person. And so, um, I think the boundary that would be crossed for me that I'm, I have to keep conscious of is whether I am fixing and trying to help my parents out of a place of like Ashley's strength and Mm. um, 
you know, Ashley's time and energy versus like, what is the Lord allowing me to give to my parents in this Mm -hmm. season? And what, what is the Lord saying to them that, that he wants me to communicate? Because, you know, anytime that I think I gave out of my own strength or out of like selfishly from that kept me from, um, being able to invest in my husband, that was always detrimental. And, Mm. um, you know, it, it would, the thoughts would follow me. The conversations would follow me if, if I had gone, you know, too far to rescue or gone just like, you know, places in conversation to try to see things so clearly, but it was really just, that was too close. Like I wasn't meant to understand that level of information from, you know, either of my parents. And so it was usually pretty obvious that like, if I can't let it go, if I can't give it to the Lord, then I, I shouldn't have picked that up and I shouldn't have, um, yeah, I shouldn't have tried to go into that wound with my parents because it's wounding me. So kind of, totally, totally. Yeah. And so I think I've learned to ask permission from both like my husband and the Lord of like, is this the time and the place to go here with my parents? And, and am I really carrying the grace and the spirit to, to give to them freely without feeling the burden of, of making sure that they're healed and without Mm. feeling like if I give and it doesn't, if they don't receive it, then I don't have my peace anymore. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think just being more careful and not constantly being like the yes girl of like, yes, I will rescue always, no matter what, when, where, what would you say, or what do you wish you knew about boundaries Mm -hmm. when you were really in the thick of this? I think it's so important to remember that your identity and your value is never at stake when someone else's identity is is in question and mm-hmm. and kind of crumbling and so as you know in my case i'm watching you know my mother and my father their their roles as a husband and wife just completely crumble and and the wow. security that i felt from that as a daughter it made me question you know my value and my place and how can i be a daughter to to them if they're not married to each other and mm. so i think realizing that like i'll always be that person that i was before the incident and that i like who i am isn't it's not in jeopardy if someone else fails and so mm. knowing that like it's their kind of you know their decisions and their yeah. mistakes yeah. don't become my mistakes and my, like, I don't get slimed on because of that. Like I, I can actually like walk totally scotch free and clean in the midst of something that feels really, really icky. And it doesn't help them if I put on the hurt and the, the fear and the threat of who would I be now without that person or without that relationship. And so um, I would just say to somebody and to my younger self that like, like you as an individual are safe in the Lord's arms, regardless of what happens to this very meaningful part of your life. Like yeah. you'll always have that shelter in the Lord. And, um, and yeah, just that like the enemy can't take away what 
is threatening. Um, even as you're mourning something like yeah. there's, you will always have what you had before. You just have to carry it a little bit differently. Yeah, that is so good. That's so good. Because I, I in, in talking with so many women um, in my my support group that I run, um, it's called the Reclaimed Community. It's for women who are either separated or going through a divorce or have recently come out of divorce all about how to process all these things because mm-hmm. it's, it's such a painful part of life yeah. and um, it's not, it wasn't God's plan, but right. God chooses to take it and he will make good out of this thing that the enemy meant to destroy you. Yeah. Um, and so when I, when I'm walking with women who are going through this process, particularly women with children, mm-hmm. that's a huge fear that my kids aren't going to survive this. Yeah. Or, or they're, or they're saying, I just want my kids to be okay. Um, many people stay in, in abusive relationships even because of the fear of what it's going to, what divorce will do to children. And so it's a huge issue. It's, and it's extremely complicated. I can't Mm -hmm. pretend like I know the answer, but Jesus does. Jesus knows the answer. And the answer really is, um, as individuals, we need to know who we are. Mm-hmm. We need to know that our identity is so firmly and can be so firmly planted in in the yeah. Lord, and so I just love this point that you that you made that their their stuff is their stuff, and mm-hmm. you're 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 balancing how to carry that that you actually yeah. don't need to carry it. It yeah. does affect your life, but it's mm-hmm. not it's not detrimental to your life. Praise right. God. Yeah. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I think that's that point that you're bringing up to is like a term in psychology for this, where um, you can separate yourself from other people. And I think the first person that you have to do that from is your mother as like a newborn and a child growing up. And um, just like the, the understanding of you as a a full individual outside Mm -hmm. of what other people are and what they're doing. And I think so many people have, like connections to whether it's their spouse or their parents or siblings or close friends that really impair them because they believe that, um, that they are a reflection of that person and what that, you know, these people do reflect onto who they are. And so they carry, Mm -hmm. you know, shame or, um, embarrassment or just even like, I need to control that other person because Mm -hmm. what they do, you know, affects who I am and how the world sees me. And so under, like, for me, it was like, okay, all of a sudden I, you know, I had a wonderful childhood. My parents were married and all of a sudden I'm a, an adult with divorced parents. And so how do I try to convince people that like, that's not really who I am? Yeah. I I had the childhood with adult, you know, or with married parents, but I just don't now. And it can feel really weird. And like, you have to defend to other people the things that have happened to you, but it's actually what happened to me isn't who I am. So I don't need to do that. (laughs) It just, it, it does affect how you do holidays and and things Mm -hmm. like that. But, but I love what you're saying that you're not, that, that you have surrendered it. You've Mm -hmm. surrendered this part of your life. You can't control Mm -hmm. whether your parents surrender, Mm -hmm. but you can control that you do. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that you're, that you're in that perspective and that you're willing to, 
um, share that with other people because mm-hmm. we as we, we need to do that always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, no matter what we go through, we have to yeah. just hand it over to the Lord because he is able yeah. and willing to bring restoration to our lives yeah. as far as we're able to surrender it to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I think what I would love to end with is just by saying like, my goal is that in 20, 30, 40 years, I want to be able to look back and say that I've made the right choice in my marriage to leave hurt and offense behind in times when we struggled, keeping my love, trust, and passion intact versus having made the choice of like taking the wounds, memories of hard times and leaving my trust and hope for our marriage behind. Um, in other words, I want time to bring us closer to each other instead of serving as a wedge of growing resentment and confusion. I like hate the saying, time heals everything, because time is what you make of it, and Christ heals and redeems everything when you let him and when you can agree with the truth about your spouse, about yourself, which is that we're new creations in Christ and bear not our righteousness but his. And so you can also agree uh, with what he says about what covenant is. So I mentioned this before, but I'll always choose to talk about what is uncomfortable now so that it doesn't grow and fester into something bigger and uglier with roots and offshoots later. So I've seen how difficult that can be. Uh, There's simply no conflict worth avoiding in your marriage, and there's no comfort worth keeping if the immediate or long-term fruit is keeping you from intimacy with and understanding of your spouse. So that kind of leads me to my next takeaway, which is that if if we know how to deal with the difficult things that arise between ourselves and our spouses, uh, we'll be so much more equipped to fight whatever external threat comes against us with your hands held and eyes locked, knowing full well that that's whatever storm you're facing isn't going to get between us. So for example, there was a serious and really painful time of testing for John and I that came simultaneous to my parents finally divorcing in 2018. That was so obviously an opportunity for us to stand and say, I've got you, you've got me, and we're going to make it through this together because we have built our foundation on the rock and we're not going to tremble or slip when we're shaken. And things were very shaky. So thankfully by this time uh, in 2018, we'd had nearly eight years of marriage under our belt and I had been able to course correct earlier um, so that when the divorce papers my parents finally came, um, I could be heartbroken for them, but not broken for myself. So I'll continue to mourn their marriage ending for probably the rest of my life as the implications continue to unfold and I learn more of what that effect looks like. Um, But I don't want to be blind to the legacy and beautiful memories that they did leave for me in my childhood teens and thankfully into my 20s so I glean what I can and I set my vision not on what's broken but on what God is making beautiful and I'm so so thankful that I can turn to my marriage and see so many beautiful things and the fruit of a well-cultivated garden it's the only garden I have eyes for I believe that we'll raise our children and our grandchildren together really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know that I did. We will continue our series next week on family dynamics. Remember, there is healing and there is redemption in Jesus. And there's always hope. Hope is my middle name. We'll see you next week.